it was funny when we when I drove up today. We said hello. You're like, welcome home. <laughs> you know that my great grandfather worked in the forest products industry, lived in Bethel. My grandparents, like your parents, met at Gould. Yeah. My grandmother was a boarding student from Massachusetts. My grandfather grew up here, and so that's how they met. And my dad tells stories of you know he would come up and stay with my with his grandparents in Bethel, and then his grandfather, my great grandfather, would take him up on his you know to look to tour the logging camps. He was checking in on all the lumbering operations on for brown paper in the upper Androscoggin Valley, and he so he would tell these stories of just going from logging camp to logging camp. He'd check in. Kind of, he was kind of in charge of the logging operations for the whole area, and uh, you know, and then we had a family camp on Songo Pond in Albany, so that was that's kind of my connection to to Albany. We don't own it; it's not in the family anymore. But um, that was like their summer place for many, many years. Yeah, your family lived up like three doors from where I live now. Yeah, that's true, actually. <laughs> Same no, street. Mason Street. Yeah, yeah Mason exactly. Street. Exactly. That's where like, yeah. right, yeah. Think about you and your family uh, a lot. I walk by that every day. I think about you guys all the time. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, th- that's the other thing about this place is, I mean, maybe because I'm from here, but, you know, you can certainly get grounded in it and think, you know, all these little things trigger all these uh memories and thoughts and i don't know i guess that means it's home or you know daydreaming a lot but yeah. <laughs> it, there's something to it that 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 makes it uh yeah kind of irresistible yeah <laughs> my mom's buried in the cemetery down at the bottom we drove right by it yeah pretty much on our way here that's right yeah my dad my grandfather my grandmother in that same cemetery same place. yeah yeah, yeah. something else hey folks Welcome to episode seven of A Talk in the Woods, where we go onto the trails, dirt roads, rivers, and lakes of Maine's forests and mountains to talk to the people who live and work in them. I'm Brian Wenzel, Executive Director of the Maine Mountain Collaborative. I work in land conservation in the outdoors in Maine, and this podcast is my chance to celebrate some of the amazing people who are connected to this incredible landscape. This is part two of my conversation with my friend Gabe Perkins, Executive Director of Inland Woods and Trails, which is based in the Western Mountain Village of Bethel, Maine. Inland Woods and Trails connects communities and promotes prosperity through multi-use recreational trails. Here in part two, we get into yet another big land conservation project that he's right in the middle of working on, and we talk about Gabe's foray into local politics. So here we are having a talk on a blue sky winter day overlooking the Androscoggin River Valley. I hope you enjoy. So let's talk about Chadbourne. So yeah. So you finished this, how, how many acres is 2,800, 2,300 acre Bethel Community Forest? 978 acre Bethel yep. Community Forest connects to the 2,400 oh, yeah. acre so you guys finished, Bingham Forest. So you guys finish this acres. and start building some trails. You've got other trails. And then not too long after that, another land conservation deal comes up. Dude, That's, it was the same week. Like we were here having the opening ceremonies on Friday and I was meeting with you and Tom from the conservation fund and, and Betsy and Kirk the next Thursday. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was like, okay, here we go. Like I, I was ready to was settle in. That's amazing. <laughs> so what, so describe that project. Who was, so Bob Chadbourne, major landowner. Yeah, multi-generational landowner, uh, a large landowner here in town. The family grew the best white pine in the world. 
around here. And their landowner ship stretched through, you know, 18 to 20 towns. And they, there was sort of no, it was just time to, to move on from that. And, and they put it for sale last summer, but they've been just excellent stewards of, of their lands. They, they care about it so much. For or was so it, long. it was two summers ago, right? A year ago. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it's 2019. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So in 2019, the land goes for sale in, yeah, July or August. We find out about it right around August. And it's about 30% of the town of Bethel. And it's it's uniquely positioned for all these, from, from my perspective, from the recreational connectivity perspective, just critical. It's perfect for land access for, for, for forestry. It's also perfect for recreation access. So 30% of the town of Bethel, so beautiful timberland that's yeah. been in one family for seven or eight generations. Yeah, yeah, like that's that, right, yeah. Went up for sale. Yeah, yeah, just boop. Just post it on the website. In a town where second home development is pretty big, pretty important. Yeah, we always used to, you know, the, the Plum Creek project up in uh, Greenville when they're putting up 975 houses or whatever the plan was. We're like, well, we got those for sale in Bethel right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like there, there's a lot of pressure yeah. on the on the land base. And yeah, uh, and with that popularity of Sunday River and Mount Abram and and the trails, uh, th- there was certainly a threat of further development. Yeah. And so you, Brian, kind of pulled us all together to say we should think about this. What is? What is? How do we do this? It's about all I did. And that's, <laughs> thankfully, it's all I needed to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Now it's on us. Let's, yeah, that's let's get great. in a room and talk. Yeah, and, I, and I said, "Good luck." Yeah. Yeah. Here's the maps. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. So um, we um, we worked with the conservation fund and the Mahusik Land Trust and the Western Foothills Land Trust after that meeting in August. Because what was the total acreage that was for sale? <sighs> I think the original sale was just about 17,000 acres in in a dozen or so towns. So huge, like so many parcels, thousands of acres. S- yeah, 78 parcels or something. Yeah. Some of them are as big as 3,900 acres and some five acres yeah. along a river, you know, so. just like all over the map. A complicated sale too. Yeah, I, you'd have to ask Tom how complicated it is. Is I think he's you know got a few more gray hairs uh, with the conservation because, fund. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. And based on what the land trusts and and my organization, Inland Woods and Trails, uh, wanted to do, based on our visions for the for the community and the landscape, and then the conservation fund's ability to kind of act quickly, were the most they were the successful bidder. It was amazing. Like. We, <laughs> you know, totally shocked. Yeah. <laughs> like, totally shocked because it's open to anybody, right? I mean, it was an open bid process. Like, we, no one knew what was going to happen. So, so the conservation fund, so they, they do this around the country. They can come in and buy, but they want to know what the long, they're not going to own it long term. That's right. They're, yeah. They, again, need the local partners who are going to say, here's how it fits with our community and here's how, here, here's who's going to own it eventually. It's a familiar story, mm-hmm. right? And this one's just at a much bigger scale uh, across the larger landscape. But yeah, we, they they're a short-term buyer, and and all of our organizations uh, identified what we what we wanted to purchase from the conservation fund if they after if and after they were successful. And then um, there's other pieces to it, like we're 
were holding a recreation license with the conservation fund after they won won the bid to fulfill our vision to connect Bethel to Mount Abram and to Sunday River and to create new access for our Nordic ski network at the at the at Bethel Village Trails in, in town. It it yeah again just it, having the vision helps right. Mm-hmm. You said that early on. And then being being able to be flexible, but also work with those national and and regional and local partners to pull it all together is just the only way to make it happen. So, you know, with the Chatbourne project, um, you know, this is like thirty percent of the town of Bethel. All these other parcels in these towns. So, you know, in a lot of ways, the future of the town is really tied up with those lands. And and depending on who bought them, you know, if you had a developer that came in and said you know, my vision is a thousand house lots. Like, I mean, if they worked within the planning and zoning, they could do something like that. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's not a thousand, but um, it could be a lot. They would drastically tra- change the town. So it's it was really like you guys had a vision for this, and and I mean, you're working from what you feel like is important for the community. There's not some grand town policy that dictates what happens with this land. So, right. yeah. And, and so in, in some ways you have a lot of power and a lot of responsibility for doing this. I, mean, I know, <laughs> right. it, right. I don't know, maybe it doesn't feel that way, but that's, you know, the future of the town is, is pretty, you know, is linked to how these projects turn out. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that is, uh, that, that is, you know that's a a bold statement and something I suppose we don't necessarily think about when we're just doing the work here. But it, there's probably a lot of truth to that because it could have been developed, or you know, like a liquidation harvester could have bought it, and and the stewardship just of the of that resource for those generations by Chadbourne would just go by the wayside. And that is, I think, why we were partially successful because we're we're interested in maintaining. You know what you see now is probably gonna look pretty much the same mm-hmm. forever, right? Because of that, because of that purchase, and that, and that really makes the difference. Because the type of conservation, you know, these parcels aren't being bought and and like never cut any more trees. It's we're gonna protect the birds and the trees. I mean, there's gonna be ongoing yeah. sustainable forest management. Yeah, well, the, the, it's a reflection of the community. Yeah. The, you know, we have a paper mill and we still have, you know, we have the Hancock mill and the Irving mill 25 miles away. Like there's still a reason to manage a working forest here. We have an excellent resource close, close by and people who know how and are willing to do it because they've been, do- they and their families have been doing it for a hundred years, you know, like you gotta, you gotta reflect the community in these, in these projects and in, and in the work. And I think that's, that, that's why we were successful and that's why, yeah, we'll, we'll make it happen and keep it going. So, you, I mean, so you've been doing a lot for this community. I just do my work, man. You know, like I, I love it. It's fascinating. You get, you know, I was just talking to somebody today, like just going to keep playing the long game. I mean, these are generational outcomes that we're working towards i mean it's a generational idea the the vision of the organization this connection and you just have to keep that in mind all the time that the big picture keep working towards it it it's not clean it's not perfect but it's what's 
the community asked for a long, long time ago, and we're just going to keep carrying that. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll, <laughs> thank you. I'll keep going. I don't know. I like it. It's so fun. That's great. <laughs> Man, they're, they're lucky to, this community is lucky to have you. And so on top of all that, then you decide to run for the state Senate. <laughs> Yeah, it was that. It was that. It was the week after Chadbourne went for sale. Somebody asked me. You said, "I really feel like I can do more." <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I care about the place, right? I care about the state. I care about what happens here. I'm, I'm interested in, in, <laughs> frankly, understanding or working through bureaucracy. Like that's just a fascinating process, and it's kind of why I like working in these small towns. Uh, if I had a dime every time someone said, I love working through bureaucracy, I mean, I would be so, you know, so many people just, I've heard that so often, probably every other day. Well, you know, hey. You're a man apart. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so I was I was tapped on the shoulder. I mean, we were doing work in, we're doing work in Rumford to build a, a recreational network that is similar, we think, in scale to here. And... Um, it was recognized by, I don't know, the, the excellent people at the Maine Senate Democrats organization. And they, they tapped me on the shoulder. And I was, I was honestly looking for the sort of something, the next thing to do mm-hmm. and still keep the work going, right? I, I'm not independently wealthy here. I was going to have to do, I was going to have to keep working. And yeah. so I just, yeah, I threw my hat in and, and tried it. It was fascinating. It was difficult. It was fun. All often on the same day. <laughs> And it's during a pandemic. Be like, let, right. me, let me run for a, st- for a state senate yeah. during a pandemic for the first time. Yeah, let me be a, a first-time candidate. I've never done this before. <laughs> I've got 35,000 people I need to go meet, and you can't leave your house after, you know, a month after I kind of decide to run or kind of get everything going. And um, it was really hard because all I want to do is knock on people's doors and talk with them. Like, that yeah. was the best part I did. it, But I yeah. only did, like— <laughs> we did so few doors. Yeah. You know, I made some phone calls, but yeah. it was it was really hard and I I really struggled with that. Yeah. Um and so here they so, come. The snowmobilers? I think so, yeah. It's gears. Um so you are not currently a state senator. So no, I did not win. I um I, you know, I, <laughs> we we did not do well. <laughs> so it's a pretty strongly Republican district for the most part. It, it it's flipped in the last uh, probably uh, eight years. Uh-huh. It's, there's been a real change, um, and I I don't know, and I'm not gonna pretend to know how to figure out how to break through and 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 uh, get to the to the people who who used to care about democratic or frankly even independent values. Yeah, because um, it's Rumford is a mill town, and yeah. that was a strong union. Yeah. Milltown, so you had strongly democratic. That's where, so that's that's some of the history of the politics there. Yeah, yeah. the district includes uh, Livermore Falls and Rumford. Livermore Falls paper mills are gone. I mean, mm-hmm. Jay is still there, so there's a big. It's a bedroom community. Yeah, Rumford still has its paper mill, but those union jobs are they're fewer, um, and there's just a, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of sentiment of. Um, uh, all your ideas sound great. Better internet access, access to conservation and public land. That all sounds good in recreation. I just want to be left alone mm. was what I would hear over and over again. I, all sounds good, Gabe. I don't know how you're going to pay for it. I, I just want to do my thing. I'm doing pretty good. And that was this uh, narrative or sentiment that mm. I heard over and over and over again. 
and it was that was that was a little disheartening and i was like well it's october you know i don't know <laughs> if we're gonna break through on this one yeah. uh, you know and uh yeah we, it, it it didn't it didn't go our way but we'll 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 see in the future it's gonna be a little while i think so you have more time to groom trails <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah groom trails and uh yeah pull pull together the uh, vision here yeah <laughs> <laughs> grooming's fun you should do it <laughs> I have, I've been on snowmobiles, but I haven't done any grooming. I've certainly been a beneficiary of it. Snowmobiles at, a, at six miles an hour? Oh, that's, that's my speed. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is hosted by the Maine Mountain Collaborative, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are all about trying to tell people about this incredible landscape and help conserve it. This episode was co-produced and edited by Lily Horn. To learn more about the region, the collaborative, and previous episodes of A Talk in the Woods, check out the website, mainmountaincollaborative.org. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. I'm Brian Wenzel. Thanks for listening. <laughs>